Welcome back to another episode of the Horseman's Mindset. Today we have a special guest and friend of mine, Kim Warlow. I met Kim over 10 years ago when I was traveling more and doing more clinics on the road. And I had a group of ladies down in Arkansas that would clinic with me a couple times a year. And Kim was one of those gals. Kim is a leadership coach and she coaches leaders to discover their own success formula to get stress working for them instead of against them. Kim is certified through the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching and holds a master's degree in rehab counseling from the University of Illinois. We met originally through a mutual friend and horseman, Arvel Bass, and Kim and Arvel put together some leadership retreats for corporations in Arkansas, blending the worlds of corporate leadership with horsemanship. They would do things like start a cult in front of an audience and use the horse's reaction and eventual trust that was built with Arvel to illustrate and better understand how our energy projections, intent, authenticity, among other things, is everything when we're building trust and rapport with a team in order to go on and achieve goals together. And guys, this is exactly the same thing we do when we're building partnerships with our horses. Kim and I have also put on clinics together teaching horsewomen how to become more effective leaders for themselves in order to be the best leaders they could be for their horse. This is part one of a three-part interview with Kim. We get into what some of the common limiting beliefs are that get in our way, what role awareness plays in leadership, and learning how to see the truth of the situation instead of just allowing our minds to unconsciously produce a story around an event that may or may not even be true. We also get into what success is and how that can be defined by the individual. You don't have to define success by what culture tells you it is or what your parents taught you it was. Success is something that you can define for yourself and that just in itself gives you the freedom to live the life you create for yourself instead of just letting life happen to you without ever considering if it's what you really wanted. Kim is a wealth of insight on bringing awareness into our thought lives, and this is one of those episodes where our horsemanship and lifemanship is going to kind of merge together. What we learn from our horses and how we learn to lead our horses also translates in how we lead ourselves and how we lead our lives. I'm so excited to share Kim with you all today. Let's dive in. You're listening to The Horseman's Mindset, where we meet to discuss horses, mindset, and mental health as it relates to your horsemanship journey. I'm your host, Ashley Purden, and I wanna help you to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you wanna be with your horse. I'm going to teach you what it is that separates good horsemen from the rest and how you can grow into that role for your horse. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. I am here with Kim Warlow. She is a leadership development trainer and coach. And Kim, would you jump in and give us a little bit more detail on what you do? Absolutely. And first of all, Ashley, thank you so much for this opportunity to just visit with you. I really appreciate it. Well, what I feel like I prim primarily do is I would say I create safe spaces for people to come and think about what they think. Hmm. Because sometimes the things we think can get in our way of creating the things that we want. Um, 
So primarily though, the people that I work with are people in leadership who want to move themselves along. And typically they come to me saying, you know, I want to lead other people better. And which we all, I think, you know, if we own a business or we work for an organization, that's important. But then they learn very quickly that the way to lead others better is to lead yourself, you know, from a higher place. And so, you know, I'd say that's basically what I do. So I love that foundation of that thought awareness and like, cause that's just like a basic starting point for leadership is to be aware of what kind of thoughts you're generating. I run into this a lot in the lessons I teach and the clinics that I give with people that their thoughts become such a big roadblock to their progress potentially. And I know that your world parallels this so much. And there's also been times that our worlds have intersected where we have taught clinics together and dealt with this concept of energy leadership. And could you talk to us a little bit about that as well? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that you, you just, that we both mentioned really is that energy leadership is a, uh, a leadership approach, just like many that you've heard about seven habits of highly effective people, the leadership challenge. Literally, this is a leadership theory and approach that's used all around the world, been validated and very reliable that helps people become more aware of the things that get in their way. And primarily the things that get in our way are the ways that we think. Uh, we tell ourselves that we don't have time or that we're not skilled enough, or we don't have enough money. And I'm not saying that those things are never true, but the place to begin really, if you wanna release those blocks, those things that don't let your energy flow, are understanding the paradigms that you grew up with, what you've been told your entire life, um, and how, and whether or not you believe them. Because, you know, our paradigms, are things that we've been, I would even say consciously, but primarily unconsciously conditioned to believe. You know, I believe I'm, my mama told me I'm always supposed to be polite. Well, is that really true? Am I really always supposed to be polite? Or is there ever a time when politeness, but if you grew up that way, you literally learned to keep your mouth shut instead of stand up for yourself or to say, no, I'm not, that's not what it's gonna be. Energy leadership is helping you see that what you believe is really determining all your behaviors. You're not making up your mind what you're going to do. Your, your thought process is determining. So I think it, I think I can't, so I don't try very hard. I don't have any blocks and I absolutely know I can freaking go do that. And there is nothing going to get in your way. You don't even call it a problem. You say, oh, well, here's, here's a challenge. How am I going to go around that? How am I going to get there? Da, da, da. And we know we see people doing both things. They just have different thought processes. And you can unlock those thought processes that are getting in your way. So it's all about awareness. Because if you're not aware of it, you can't change it. You can't change it. And in energy, it's funny you would say that, Ashley, because in energy leadership, the very first leadership discipline is becoming aware that I'm even doing this. People don't go out in the world and say, oh, I want to be a victim. 
please teach me how to be afraid all the time. Nobody does that. But until they're aware that they're doing it, what do they do about it? Right. Yeah. And that can be really hard. And I see that, you know, I, one of the things that I really try to do in my coaching, um, like the first thing is just to build a rapport with people, you know, so that we have that trust so that we can have, you know, first of all, we're riding horses. So we need to have some element of trust because I'm going to be pushing them outside of their comfort zone and asking them to do things that they wouldn't do necessarily unless I was there coaching them through it. But then on the other side of just kind of that physical safety is also this emotional safety component that comes with it a lot. And especially in my one-on-one lessons, or if I have a clinic format set up in such a way that we'll do like part classroom group coaching and then do um, part with our horses, it's interesting the stuff that we get into. (laughs) So oftentimes I'll have my clients be like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I just unloaded all this stuff on you. And like, that's not what your job is. And I'm like, oh, but it is. Because until I know why you're having such a hard time with this, I cannot like, I'm just like clueless. Like, I don't know what's going on in your head, you know? And so that's, it's interesting to watch that kind of unfold and watch people come to the realization of, oh my gosh this is why this is, this is what has been holding me back this whole time. And, and I'm just like, okay. (laughs) So, um, but I love that. And I've had those own, um, epiphanies in my own life too. One of my old false truths was I don't have time. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that was, I used to say that like repeatedly that sentence to myself all day long. I don't have time. I don't have time. So that came across as really unapproachable. (laughs) Don't ask her. Scattered. I was like always late for everything because I stacked my appointments so closely together. And I remember I had this, um, well, we're still good friends. I I have a friend and at one period of time, we were like meeting every Sunday morning, um, you know, just at IHOP. And I mean, we like got to where we knew the waitress and everything. We were there so often. It was really fun. And we would just kind of be like, hey, how'd your week go? What's your strategy for the next week? Well, um, I'm pretty open with the fact that I have a bipolar diagnosis on this Mm -hmm. podcast. And unfortunately for her at that point in my life, I was super manic. So that poor girl, I would open my calendar and I would have on there, like I had, like, I couldn't fit everything on a regular calendar. So I had like one of those like schedulers, like you'd have it like, um, a hair salon. I know they're all like, don't use paper anymore, but I love paper. Yes. So I would have like, from like like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. on there. And it would just be like, like all the way down the list. It was all filled in. No lunch break. Not, I mean, it was just packed. And she would just look at that and I would like show her my previous week. And I'd be like, I did all of this. And she's like, what? <laughs> and, and so like the crazy thing was my mantra was I don't have time. And I had packed 6 a.m. to, I know this is an extreme example, but I packed 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. full of all this stuff that I didn't have time for because I didn't have time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think about that a lot and it's like, I had to like put sticky notes all over my house at one point to change that mantra in my head, you know, to create space for me to be able to breathe. Because yeah. it was yeah. just a completely unsustainable way to live, right? 
Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you run into that. What are like, you mentioned money, you mentioned not having enough time, not having the ability. What are some other common things that you hear from people? Oh my gosh. I almost call it opposite world. You know, whatever I would. And like you said, I've used all these things too, but uh, you know, they don't like me. So I can't develop mm -hmm. a relationship with my team or somebody will think I'm rude you know, those are more specific ones than time and energy, but uh, I I don't have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not smart enough to do that. I mean, I can't, I'm only 25. I can't be the leader. They asked me to be the leader of my department, but, oh, those people are all older than me. I couldn't lead them. Um, you know, I never learned how to do that, mm -hmm. but I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't look good enough in any I mean, girl, it's almost just like rampant. Just open your ears up and you will hear the things that people tell you everywhere all day long are typically something that is blocking their ability to even consider that these things could be a possibility for them. And that's why it's called energy leadership. And we talk about energy flowing because we are stopping it with our mindset before we even try but your first example, Ashley, that you said with your own coaching clients and you're on horses, so you have to, you know, that makes sense. Let's create a safe place. Let's put someone on a safe horse so they can build a con. Every coaching session is, that's why I said I create safe spaces for people to mm -hmm. think about what they think. Because, you know what, a lot of people, if they've ever been challenged about what they think, many times it's more from a place of, well, why would you think that's stupid? Mm -hmm. You know, who... Who died and told you that, you know, or your mom and dad would say, well, you're ridiculous if you think that. You're ridiculous if you think differently than that. You know, the judgment is just everywhere. And judgment really keeps us in a low, what in my world is called a vibrational energy. You know, mm -hmm. we're stuck there. We believe the things that go along with that. And so we literally put mechanisms in place for us to stop being free so we can keep ourselves safe because I sure don't ever want to be embarrassed. I sure don't ever want to be uncomfortable. And my goodness, look around the world right now. And I'll, you know, say this very humbly, you know, we parents these days or for the past many years, we want our kids to be comfortable. We want them to be happy. And I'm like, well, how are they ever going to learn anything then? Because yeah. the only way you learn is when you get at the end, you know, I don't want you to be wildly crazed inside with adrenaline flowing, but bumping up against uncomfortableness is where you start to learn. Yes. And it's, and I see that with the horses too. People want yeah. this to be like this little fuzzy, happy process sometimes. And a lot of the horses that come to me have had some major hole skipped over in their training to where they lost so much confidence that yeah. in order to expand their comfort zone, we have to push them outside of it, which is not mm -hmm. always the prettiest thing. You know, like we try to make it as good as possible. I don't want to get anybody hurt. I don't want to, you know, get a horse right. so afraid that you can't come back from that. I know it's super similar with people too, but like you just, if all you do is stay inside your comfort zone all the time, there's no plate. There's no change that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Be because we bump up against it and then we go back. 
we mm-hmm. bump up against it. And it's like, no, let's just stay. I just want to stay like I am. You know, I want to open a new business. Oh, but all those things I started getting into, I'll just go back over here and keep my, you know, nine to five that fell in. I want to get into a new relationship, but I remember the last time that didn't go just like I wished it for it to. So instead of exploring and putting yourself out there, no, you go back and you're like, I'll just stay in this crappy relationship with people that don't really love me or care me or support and I'll tolerate it all. It's interesting that people can be comfortable and miserable at the same time. Like you wouldn't think those two things would go together. Mm-hmm. But it and the that. stress that it causes you. And uh, actually, I don't even know if this is important, but I mean, my own story, I think, is kind of what may let me discover energy leadership. Oh, go into many. it, please. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I had many leadership certifications in the past. I've been lucky. I've worked for a big university and they would had resources to share and send to that. And then I got what I would have considered my dream job. Now, depending on how you measure, you know, what, what do you call successful? But my dream job, because this was the most money I'd ever made in my entire life. And up until this point, that was really my measuring stick, which there's lots of ways to measure what makes you successful. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that energy leadership helps you figure out. And really it's for me now it's living through my value system and learning to lead myself. What's one of the five most important values to me. And I try to get those a portion of those in my life every day. But at the time it was security and money. So Mm -hmm. I took the directorship of the education department at the hospital here in mountain home. And I mean, we were doing everything. We were innovative. We were getting feedback from across the United, the, the, the Arkansas, that how, what, well, all the stuff we were doing. We developed an RN residency. All of the things that made you a hotshot education center, you know, we were doing. Everybody at the hospital would have, lo- you know, been happy. Like, yeah, let me work in education. That's, all those people are so cool. And they were all smarter than me. It, it was not me, I, I'm saying, but we were doing things that were making a difference. And, but I was still stressed out mm. every day, waiting on the other shoe to drop. My mind was telling me, what if these people find out that I'm not as smart as they think I am? Oh. I've heard what? that called imposter syndrome. Is that a yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it's called. People literally come to me for coaching now because I've told them that so much that I live that, you know, and when you've been through something and I don't mean I haven't got it all figured out now, but, you know, being inauthentic, when you know you're being inauthentic or you believe you're being inauthentic, I mean, I was doing the work and we were making a difference, but my mind wouldn't let me relax. So every night I'd go home and stress and sit on the couch and eat potato chips and drink wine. <laughs> I so love it. I could feel Okay. Um, but then I went on a vacation. You know, everybody says, well, take a vacation and you'll feel better. That's what we take vacations for to get away from our stress. Right. So plan this great vacation and I'll try to make this short. But we were to the beach with our grown kids, which was my favorite place to do this. We were all adults so we could do whatever we wanted. There should have been no stress. We were on a beautiful beach in a beautiful location, fine food, everything. My brain was still at work. 
mm-hmm. running through the scenarios of the what ifs. And I, I, and I told myself then, I mean, that's the first level of doing something is awareness. And I'm like, I'm doing something about this. This is, mm. this is crazy making. I thought I wanted this, I got it and I'm still not happy. So that must not be the thing, you know? And I got on this search and that's when I found this additional coaching certification that I use now called energy leadership. My mind was blown. I, I just, this is the, about the way I think. Other people don't think this way. Everybody's not like this. And they're like, no, but many people many people are that way oh the majority let me tell you there's an assessment and we got to take the assessment and i have a lot of innovative energy you know that's Mm -hmm. distributed across this assessment but my go-to in stress is the sky is falling the sky is falling the sky (laughs) is falling open um and you do that long term (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well you know, no, nah, I actually have everything I need to eat today. Yeah. I'm warm. I'm dry. My people are safe. You know, no, that I know things are going on in the world, but right here, right now, today, there is, I can't think of a bad thing that's going on, right. except when I get too far out and start, I call it, you know, making up stories. Yeah. And, we do that a lot. And we can, we can either choose to collect the positive things that are in the world and our immediate environment, or, you know, however far out you want to look. Mm-hmm. And I think the hard thing is that you can also choose to collect all the negative things. I mean, yeah, pretty much every experience has a positive and a negative to it. So you can just take, you know, the, I mean, even if there's five positives and one negative, those negatives are focused. so much more attractive to us for some reason. Yeah. And, and I would even challenge, you know, I mean, we could go off on another path about this, about the positive and the negative. Let's just stick with the truth. <laughs> right. Yes. Is, what's yeah. the truth? Right. The truth is that today I'm safe, good, and I'm making a difference in my world. Yes, all those things. But if I'm going to make up a story, at least let's make up a story that provides less stress instead of more. Yes. Um, And I think that's really important what you said about truth, because I think a lot of people that get stuck in these ruts of drawing all these negatives into them are like, well, I'm just being realistic, right? I mean, I've heard that a lot. Like, I'm not a pessimist. I'm just a realist. And they have this like opposition to people who are too positive and it's like and uh, Tim and I I'm trying to remember we were traveling this week and we came across oh I remember so we were getting into the airport and there was this guy that got onto the bus with us and you could just tell he was just going to have a bad day no matter what happened you know (laughs) he had woke up in the morning and decided it was going to be a bad day and the bus driver was like the nicest friendliest like trying to start a conversation with them this guy just wouldn't have it like he could deflect any amount of like niceness or positivity that was coming from this bus driver with oh you know just like I mean he had a comeback for every one of these positive things that was being thrown at him and Tim and I get off that bus and we're just like man that guy was really determined to have a bad day today, wasn't he? And it was it was really funny to see the um the juxtaposition there because that bus driver was gonna have a good day no matter what happened. Like he could care two hoots about the fact that this guy was like just 
not really being a jerk, but he just was like, not going to be receptive to anything he said. And he just moved on to the next person. And it was like, not that big of a What a, and that right there is one of the gems typically that I think leaders typically leave when they come to energy leadership development. You do not have to be impacted. You do not have to shift your energy to match the world's. A lot of times we do if we're not aware. But once you start becoming aware, you think, huh, I could make a more conscious choice, which is also one of the disciplines. If I were making a conscious choice like right now, would I choose to be like the bus driver or the unhappy man? Who's probably, I again, I don't, I doubt if he's doing that on purpose. He's just he probably doesn't even know his whole life to look at the world through I, what I call a specific set of glasses. And those glasses tell him that most things are shitty. You know, mm-hmm. or it's it's going to get that way. Just just wait a minute, and it's going to get worse. Yeah, and if it's not already, and so he lets everything before him affect him, and everything that could happen affect him. But you know what? The same guy, the guy who whatever you focus on is what you're going to collect more of. And the bus driver is saying, "This is awesome, man." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, and you know, like he is not curing cancer or like you know the ceo of some big company or some of these things that we all tend to define as successful he's driving a bus but i will tell you Uh he's driving that bus like it was the best job on the planet and he just loved it so much and it's like i don't know like (laughs) we both just sat there after that was like man there's a lot that you could really take out of that whole interaction absolutely and like I said before about just because now I, I define success by whether or not I have stress in my life. I ask myself every day, you know, what is this going to cause me stress? Hmm, I think I'll go over here. Is this going to cause me stress? I think I'll go there. Now I'm not saying it never pops up, mm-hmm. but I wonder why. I wonder what the story I'm telling myself about doing a podcast, because when yeah. you first asked me to do that, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Do I have to fix my hair? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, yeah, and then I was like, oh, wait, let's get conscious about this. Let's decide what tools do I have, Kim? You know, if I was, if I was only leading myself, I would get on the podcast and I would share what I know. And I wouldn't worry about sharing one more thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to find anything to share. I, I, I know some stuff and what I don't know isn't even relevant. <laughs> this is not a test. Yeah, I don't plan on getting on here and asking my guests everything that they don't know about. So you're safe. <laughs> to make them look embarrassed. You know? I know. Yes. So that's interesting. Okay, so I have kind of two things I want to okay. talk about. Um, first of all, when you mentioned embarrassment earlier, that is the emotion that I am most afraid of. Like, I mean, I will take any other emotion over embarrassment. And it took me a really long time to realize that was like what a lot of my stress was building off of. Cause my question to myself was what if, what if I get embarrassed? Like, what if I embarrass myself? And it's like, whoa, you know, like when you realize that that's what it is, then it's like, well, I could choose not to be embarrassed. Like I have a great example. I know I mentioned this before we started talking, Um, but last week, my last podcast episode, I accidentally put the end in the middle. (laughs) So like six minutes in, I had my closing quote quote. And then I was like, okay, 
bye everyone. And then right after that, I jumped back in with the other half of my episode on it. It was just, you know, just an honest mistake. I was getting ready for a trip and I just threw it together. I did listen to it once and I didn't even catch it. It was just, you know, just one of those things. Oh my gosh, you even listened to it and didn't notice it. I know, like it should have not happened. I'm not exactly sure what went wrong, but it doesn't matter. But there's the point. Right. Maybe wasn't even noticeable, you know, to everybody. Yeah. So it's just so interesting though, because if that had happened a couple years ago, it would have been like complete meltdown because I like to be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Okay. So that was kind of my story. And I've been working back through that and it's like, I don't have to be perfect. So now it's like, oh, I wasn't perfect. And that's no longer embarrassing to me that I wasn't perfect. And Ashley, I don't know how aware you are of this, probably in your coaching, you're totally aware of it now, but the, the people that I know, the, the other people that they're most attracted to are the people who aren't perfect, who will let themselves be vulnerable. I make mistakes all the time. I learn from them. Oh my gosh. But when it's perfect, then, oh my gosh, to be friends with you, do I have to be perfect too? Or I'm going to embarrass you or you're going to embarrass me. And yeah, when that you go pressure back you put on yourself trickles out into all of your relationships. All of that, mm-hmm. all of that. And the first, you know, when people tell me what their biggest fear is, and in my world, that's called a gremlin, you know. <gasps> I like that. Yeah. I mean, there are four blocks in energy leadership and we go through each one of them. And one of them is a gremlin. And most of the time, the gremlin is something that we put upon ourselves that grew out of the way we were conditioned in a child, in our childhood. Did we, where did we learn that? And my gremlin was that I shouldn't trust myself. Mm. I should not trust myself. So can you imagine how, can you see how that might've given me some stress, even though I was having all this success at my job? Oh yeah, for sure. They're not trusted. Might not be everyone else is trusting you. Yeah. And then the, so no, but what I would do see is work harder to prove myself, or you might be more careful. So you never get in a situation to be embarrassed. Um, But there's no amount of work to fix, not trusting yourself. It's a mind shift about trust. What does that mean? But literally in that coaching certification, I went back and found the day I learned to not trust myself. Ooh, that's the work I feel like people like are really afraid of too. And that's the part that I'm really cautious about. Um, I have to be a little bit careful. I feel like in the way I coach that I don't dig so deep that I kind of leave somebody a little bit too raw, you know, Absolutely. I don't want to get somewhere that I feel like I don't know where to go from here. We found it. Exactly. So, I mean, I do like to have the ability to refer people elsewhere, which is kind of why yeah. I want to have you on here. And so people can kind of get an idea because it is scary to dig back into your childhood. I feel like where most of this stuff comes from, right? It's Absolutely. like, Whoa. And like you said, may or, people may or may not even want to do that. But my gosh, you know, from our point, from where we came together on some things. And like you said, the first time I got to facilitate, you know, a cult start with Arvel, that's where, and even before that, everything I would say when I would see you guys working with horses, I would be like, that's a leadership concept. 
That yes. is a leadership. That's, that's, wow, I, that's a leadership. I mean, you know, you would just be like, I would just be amazed. And that's why one day he called me and he goes, well, if all this stuff is a leadership concept, why don't we, you know, play with the horses to demonstrate some of them and kind of that's where that was originally born, you know, when I first worked with him. And oh my gosh, that was 15 years ago. And people still come up to me in Mountain Home and say, do you remember that time the Chamber of Commerce brought all these out there? And I still think about that. I still learned from that. That was amazing. And I, it's such a medium for people to be able to remember what they learned. It's not just a concept, but they actually got to see it with the horse. Wow, guys, I hope you all enjoyed listening to Kim as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. This was definitely one of those episodes that as I went back and I was editing, I enjoyed listening to it multiple times because every time I listened to it, I caught a little other little nugget of information that was helpful to me. And you being here and listening to this podcast tells me that you are on a path searching for answers and awareness of yourself and being aware of our thought lives and realizing that we do have some options, right? With our thoughts, we don't just have to let our thoughts create stories that we're not in any control of. We don't have to believe every thought that comes into our head. We can have some awareness around that. We can have some awareness that, hey, that was an automatic story that got generated and maybe I want to make a different story about that. So I'm really excited about the next couple of episodes coming up as we continue this interview with Kim, as she gives us some more tools of how to process things and bring more awareness into our lives and then what to do with that awareness as well. And guys, I got to tell you, our horses, they know when we are being authentic. They know when we're in control of our thought lives or when we're just spiraling off with anxiety or getting caught up on our to-do list or not being able to be present or if we're over scheduling ourselves and then we come in with this just tension into the session with them, they feed off of all of that and respond. You know, every one of them responds in a different, unique way to that stress that we bring in. But when we really learn to get in control of our thought lives, everything in our horsemanship just becomes so much more clear and we're able to see things for what they are. Kim talked about that in this segment that we're not trying to make a positive out of every negative, right? Like we just want to see the truth and horses aren't passing judgment on us. They're just trying to give us the truth of exactly how they feel in any given moment. And it's up to us to fully realize that, that they're not the ones creating the story around their behavior. We are. So that's on us to work on and get control of our thought lives and become more present with our horses in a non-judgmental way so that we can move forward and achieve goals together. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this and we will see you next week with the second part of this three-part series with Kim Warlow. Have a good one. If you are enjoying my podcast, please visit pioneerhorsemanship.com where you will find the training tips and mindset coaching that I use every day to help my students and myself develop the mental, emotional, and physical skills that we need to become better for our horses. I'll see you there.